Hey everyone, welcome to the Alberta Roundup. I'm your host, Rachel Emanuel. We're going to do our best to keep the episodes super brief, so let's jump into today's topics. Beginning with general news, the Alberta Court of Appeals has ruled in favor of Pastor Arthur Pulowski, who was arrested, jailed, and fined for continuing to preach in breach of Alberta's COVID-19 lockdowns. He has some pretty horrific tales of how he was treated. While in jail, he was held in solitary confinement. I suggest you research that a little bit more. So, of course, the ruling was a big win for civil liberties and for religious freedoms here in Alberta. He will be reimbursed for the fines that he was paid. Ultimately, the cost of this is going to be passed down to taxpayers, however, so definitely a lesson learned here in Alberta and for Alberta Health Services. The Trudeau government, meanwhile, is looking to impose a requirement to reduce nitrous oxide emissions from fertilizer by 30% as part of its overall effort to reduce emissions by 40 to 45 percent by 2030. Of course, we've all heard lots about Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's radical environmental agenda and how that seems to be overshadowing any of the other much more pressing problems in our country right now. I caught up with Agriculture Minister Nate Horner, who said it seems like Ottawa pulled a target out of the air and they have no idea where they found the 30 percent reduction from. He also said he was very disappointed to learn that while Ottawa will be consulting with the provinces on how to move forward with their target, they have absolutely no plans of reconsidering the target to a lower and more reasonable one. This is, of course, absolutely more insanity from the Trudeau government. Food prices are at an all-time high, and there's even problems with food shortages emerging, especially with the conflict going on in Russia and Ukraine right now. Uh, This is going to turn into a big problem, and of course, as Minister Horner said to me, it's either going to result in less food being produced or higher costs, which will ultimately be passed down to the consumer, which seems to be how everything works these days. Let's jump into the UCP leadership debate. So, of course, there's an ongoing United Conservative Party leadership debate happening here in Alberta. This seems to be dominating most of the headlines. It is summer. Things are a little sleepy, but this has been keeping things very interesting. So the deadline for candidates to apply was on July 20th. That's last week, Wednesday. Uh, Just seven candidates made it past the first deadline they had to submit $75,000 and a thousand signatures from the province's five different regions Um, that's the first 75k in total they're going to have to pay 175k so they still have two more deadlines of $50,000 each so of the candidates just Calgary businessman John Horseman didn't get his signatures in on time about an hour before the 5 p.m deadline he posted on social media saying he was on track to meet it But there were so many candidates in the running and he just didn't feel like it was worth it for him to throw his name in because of how many candidates there were. So Raj Sherman as well was hoping to run. He's the former Alberta Liberal Party leader. He actually did get his signatures and the money in, but the party didn't accept it as he was never approved to run in the first place. He required an exemption to run because he wasn't a party member for six months prior to the contest. But the party did not grant him. Uh, that waiver so he will not be running as well so now we're left with seven candidates it's still quite a few to choose from interestingly they're all current or former MLAs so six of them are sitting MLAs five of those are UCP MLAs and that includes four who were cabinet ministers under Jason Kenney so of course that's Leela Ahir, Rebecca Schultz, Travis Taves and Raj Insani Um, And then, of course, we have Danielle Smith, who's the only one who's not a sitting MLA currently. But, of course, she is very well known here in Alberta. She is the former opposition Wild Rose Party leader. And she's probably best known for her 2014 floor crossing when she crossed the floor to join Jim Prentice's PCs as an act of unity. It did not go over that way. The people did not accept it at all. And she lost her nomination the following year and left politics for six years where she was on the radio 
and I would say she was, you know, quite successful on that show. It seems Albertans are ready to forgive her and to give her another shot at government, as shown in recent polls. So Leisure released a poll on Sunday. Let's just talk about the results of that for a minute. Uh, respondents were UCP supporters, and they were asked who would make the best party leader. So the poll found that Smith is in the lead at 22%. This is sort of similar to the numbers that we've been seeing since the race began. She's been pulling ahead, and she's followed closely by Brian Jean at 20%. So just a two-point difference there. Of course, Brian Jean is a household name here in Alberta. He's been in Alberta politics for forever. Everyone knows who he is, and he was a former Conservative MP as well. So he has that name recognition going for him, which is really advantageous in a leadership race. And following him, we have the former finance minister, Travis Taves. He's at 15%. So those numbers are all kind of similar to what we've been seeing for the last month. Not a lot of movement there. Uh, then we have Rebecca Schultz. She was a former Kenny minister and MLA Todd Lowen. They each got 2%. Todd Lowen was actually removed from the UCP caucus with Drew Barnes last year for calling for Jason Kenny's resignation due to his COVID-19 pandemic handling but also because they felt that the premier wasn't making enough progress on getting Alberta a fair deal with Ottawa. Meanwhile, we have Rajan Sani. She was the former transportation minister who resigned to run for the UCP leadership race as is custom. She had 0% support with the poll. And Leela Ahir, who is the most progressive candidate in the running, she did not register any support in the, in the poll. Other issues that were important to UCP supporters was a clear plan to get Alberta's economy back on track and growing. 42% said that was the most important issue for the UCP leader to deal with. And a clear plan to rebuild important services like healthcare and education in the province, that was the 21%, the second most important issue for UCP supporters. Not terribly surprising. Albertans have been really worried about their economy for a while. Luckily, we're seeing you know oil prices rebound now, so that's been good and we're forecasting a really high surplus. Um, But also there's been a lot of discontentment with AHS. We have a lot of problems with ambulances and wait times. And of course, a lot of people were just really unhappy with how AHS handled the COVID-19 pandemic and want to see a rehaul there. Let's move into the UCP leadership debate. So the first official UCP leadership debate was on Wednesday night, all the way in Medicine Hat. They held it at an airport hangar, sorry, rather a emergency medic helicopter hangar. Um, It was an interesting location. I guess that's kind of a special place and they hold events there. Um, Might not have been the best location to hold a leadership race on just because we had so many issues with Wi-Fi. And of course, the party was trying to live stream for the debate for the many people who didn't feel like making the trip down to Medicine Hat. But there are copies of it available online now if you hadn't had a chance to watch it. Um, The debate quickly turned into an everyone versus Danielle Smith. Of course, as I mentioned, she's the front runner. Seems like the other candidates know that and they're trying to find, you know, ways to attack her. I'm not sure their tactic really worked because it ultimately just ended up giving Danielle Smith so much airtime and she did remain her calm and was very level-headed and sort of responded to their complaints. So it it made her look really, really strong. Um, The way the debate format worked is there were seven questions. Every candidate was given a question. They were allowed to respond to that for two minutes and then they were allowed to pick an opponent to respond to that question for a minute and a half. And then those two candidates sparred off for about four minutes and just had some back and forth debate. I really liked the debate format. I heard a lot of complaints about how bad it was, but the reason that I liked it is because they actually allotted a good amount of time for back and forth debate. A lot of times we don't really see that in in leadership debates or elections anymore. It's like mm, 30 seconds to debate back and forth. So I really liked that they allowed for some genuine back and forth. But as I mentioned, the candidates were you know so keen to go after Danielle Smith. So they often chose her as a person to spar off with, which ultimately just gave her more airtime. I felt like we didn't really hear from Leela here very much. We didn't really hear from Todd Lowen very much. Um, 
And Rajan Sani came out as a total attack dog on Danielle Smith, all the sort of what are being called the establishment candidate candidates, you know, candidates that worked in Jason Kenney's governments were definitely attacking Smith the most, but Rajan Sani was totally the Smith attack dog. Even in her opening statements, she made a little bit of a slight at Smith. She said the province needs more than a talk show host. Ouch. Um, I have to say that I actually think Rajan won the debate. I know you were not expecting me to say that because people are talking about her campaign. And she's pulling at 2% and nobody's really been talking about her campaign very much. So I think that kind of put her on the map. And following the debate in a media scrum, she said, you know, I want to be the Danielle Smith antidote. So she's making it very clear where she stands and how she wants to portray herself as a candidate. Whether that's what the party membership is looking for, I'm not sure. But at this point in the race, I think it's good that she's sort of generating some discussion about what type of leader she would be and making it clear and sort of setting herself apart from the pack of you know candidates that worked in jason kenney's government okay let's move to the controversy of the week so i'm sure you've heard by now danielle smith's comments on cancer and preventative treatment what had happened is she held a podcast last week thursday where she was discussing naturopathy medication for those of you who aren't familiar with naturopaths what they do is they take a look at your body and all the issues that they're you're having and from there they determine what the issue might be and then they give you supplements and they might you know, prescribe you a specific diet and exercise regime to follow so that your body can fix itself. Whereas in contrast, Western medication or mainstream medication, whatever you want to call it, it's a lot of times a band-aid fix. It doesn't get at the root of the issue. It more just helps you with whatever pain and symptoms you're feeling. Naturopaths really want to get to the root cause and to help your body learn to fix itself. Now, the naturopath that Danielle Smith had on, Dr. Christine Perkins, said we need both types of medication. You can't just have naturopathy. There are times when I have a patient that's going to need cancer or radiation or chemotherapy, and sometimes they come to me and it's too late. But she said, we really need both forms of medication. And then Danielle Smith, I'll just read you exactly how she responded and you can decide for yourself how you feel about her comments. Smith responds, that's a perfect example. Because absolutely, once you've arrived and got stage four cancer and there's radiation and surgery and chemotherapy, that's an incredibly expensive intervention. Not just for the system, but also very expensive in the toll it takes on the body. But when you think about everything that built up before you got to stage four on that diagnosis, that's completely within your control. And there's something that you can do about that that is different. And I want to talk a little bit more about that. So, of course, you know, a clip of these comments kind of went around the Internet and everyone piled on. NDP leader Rachel Notley piled on. Rebecca Schultz, Travis Tapes, Brian Jeans. They said her comments were hurtful, um, inappropriate. Raj and Sonny said during the debate that she diminished the experience of cancer and that she didn't buy Danielle Smith's explanation. And Danielle Smith has been very clear about this. You know, I think if people listen to my comments in the full context, they'll understand what I was getting at. And what she was really getting at is that we need to start looking at preventative treatment so that people's cancer can get caught earlier on. Because if it gets caught earlier on, there's more options for treatment. As opposed to once you're at stage four, late stage cancer, it's very hard. You're probably just going to be left with radiation or surgery or chemotherapy. A story to follow into next week, gas gouging. Are Alberta gas pumps gouging you at the pumps? Premier Jason Kenney announced last week he's investigating potential price gouging. He's already met with the Canadian Fuels Association, and he's asked the Competition Bureau to investigate potential gasoline price fixing here in Alberta. So as you know, our provincial government removed the 13 cents per liter provincial sales tax um, at the pump to just kind of offer some relief to Albertans considering how high gas prices are right now. But interestingly, on last week Friday, the average price of gas in Toronto was around $1.68 per liter, while in Calgary and Edmonton it was $1.00. 
76 per liter. So historically, Albertans have paid much lower gas prices than in Alberta, and we also have the full, you know, provincial sales tax being removed from our from our gas here. So it's just quite interesting that our gas prices are still so high, and that's why they're going to be looking into gas gouging. Already, since Jason Kenney has made the announcement, we've seen prices fall at the pumps a little bit. UCP leadership candidate Brian Jean has come out very strong on this. He said customers are not seeing the 13 cents per liter savings being passed on. And as someone who is campaigning for the Alberta premiership, he has a solution. He would like legislation that would allow the government to trigger short notice retail margin caps when their margins substantially exceed the margins charged in other provinces. So that's his solution to make sure we don't see gas gouging happen in the province. I think it's something to keep your eye on. Hopefully we continue to see prices fall um, in the province. And just to finish off for today here, the funniest moment in Alberta politics. I think this is probably something you guys haven't seen because it happened in a media scrum following the UCP leadership debate, which was not televised. Um, so Leela Ahir, who is running as one of the candidates, as we mentioned, she did not have any support in the recent leisure, leisure poll. Uh, she's the most progressive candidate. You know, she hasn't really been on the offense about COVID restrictions. She supported some of them. She said the Roe versus Wade overturnal was devastating. You know, lots of people are pro-choice, but a lot of the candidates didn't say anything because a lot of conservatives in Alberta are pro-life and they probably didn't want to make a stance on that. She said the decision was devastating. She also attended a Calgary Stampede pancake breakfast with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. So she says that she thinks most conservatives are like her. She thinks that most conservatives are fiscally conservative and socially liberal and she actually said i represent 90 percent of conservatives the candidate who did not register any support in a recent leisure poll says she represents 90 percent of conservatives interesting another thing she said which was rather funny was that there are many albertans in the province who vote federally liberal but provincially conservative so certainly i'm sure those people do exist however we only have two federal liberal mps here in the province so if those are the members that you're gunning for, I don't think it's a huge surprise that you're not registering any support in recent polls. Just something to consider. Maybe I'm out to lunch on this one, though. Well, that's what I think the funniest moment in Alberta politics is. If you think it's something different, feel free to let me know. Well, drop the socials below so you can find me on Twitter and Facebook. I'd love to hear from you guys what you think of the show, what you think are things to watch for in the coming weeks, and what you think are the funniest things happening in Alberta politics. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you next week.